from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. You throw a gif on there? Oh, if I throw a gif? Like, that means something. I love bears doing human things. Right. I don't like bears being bears. Right. We're not going to do handwritten notes. God, no. Jesus. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Wednesday. Adam Hill is here as the company. It's Cofield. Much to get to. Busy day. We're going to uh, bring in a slew of guests, including our ESPN Las Vegas legal insider, Justin Watkins, in just a little bit. We got more uh, vaccination stuff and COVID stuff. And looks like uh, multiple spots around the country are moving towards different policies for sporting events. We'll tell you about the NHL in a couple of minutes. Looks like uh, one team, at least one team to this point, may not allow unvaccinated in at all. I saw some changes in Philly with Eagles games, so that's all in the way. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. So let's start out with good conditions right now until maybe they change over at the NBA Summer League. You know, uh, it's pretty stringent, but not completely with the masks. By the way, what's your experience like on Monday? You guys had a test before you got in? Uh, yeah, it was weird. I mean, I went Sunday and got my test Sunday. Okay, media members have the test. Yeah, uh, and I guess they are going back and forth on that a little bit. Uh, oh, really? I took my test and they said we well, didn't have to, and then the next day I guess you <laughs> did. Uh, I think they're kind of deciding on that, but really, uh, I think the issue is really just to be clear. I'm not. It's not willy nilly. I guess if you're going to be down on the floor talking to players, you have to get tested. But you guys were upstairs if on, you're on just, the concourse doing a show. Yeah, if you're just upstairs on the concourse, you don't. But it's kind of a you know a, a tricky issue there of like how who you're going to be around and things like that. So yeah, uh, prove must prove vaccination and get tested. Uh, and the system is the same as the Raiders. So I get my results from the NBA Summer League at the same email portal I get uh, Raiders. Okay. Uh, five games on the way. Uh, two already being played. Uh, yeah, they're both in action right now. Bucks and Nets are playing 93-91. My Nets are on top. Very important game against the Bucks, And uh, that one is uh, just about over, about 15 seconds left. Uh, Heat and Grizzly, or, uh, Grizzlies are going at it in Cox, 49-44 in the third. Uh, coming up later on, the uh, finale of the night, the Knicks. Right? Big story with the Knicks offseason. We're going to get Ryan Hollins in in a couple hours. In our 5 o'clock hour, Knicks are taking on the Lakers. And the Lakers will be a big topic with Ryan Hollins, the former NBA player. Again, coming up around 5.30 on Cofield and company last night was interesting as you got to see uh, Jalen green, number two pick against number one pick Kate Cunningham. You would think if healthy uh, because of their situations, both of these guys would be lead candidates to be rookie of the year. Jalen green outscored Kate Cunningham. And I would expect Jalen green on the rockets. Uh, you know, Chris Wood will probably average, you know, 30 and 17. Probably. Uh, we love Chris Wood, but uh, Jalen green has a chance to go down there with a developing team. Boy, he could average 22 points a game as rookie year, you know, which would be outstanding. Cade Cunningham might not be the scorer, but he's going to be the, I think, the better all-around offensive player. You're going to see a lot more numbers in other departments, but that was a, a good preview last night, and that's the way it played out. Cunningham's overall line was a little bit better. Green was the higher scorer. Yeah, I thought Green looked a little bit better uh, overall uh, out on the floor, but it was close. It's not like Cunningham. Not like Nobody's worrying about Cunningham right now. You're looking, you're like, all right, it looks pretty good. Green Cade, looked really Cade good. Cunningham release. Got to raise that up a little bit sure. at 6'8". 
Sure. Shouldn't get blocked, you know, playing a lot of point, but still a little, uh, little bit on the chest when he starts the jumper. A little bit. Could fix that. You and I shooting coaches. Old guys. But we always claim that we're like shooting coaches. Somehow. Well, it's not as broke as Lonzo, but I mean, it's oh, know, Lonzo's it's, not broke anymore. He's shooting near forty percent from that, three. That's what I'm saying. His shot was broke when he came in the league, yeah. and now he's he's definitely improved it. And by the way, my confidence as a shooter has gone through the roof. All I shoot now is uh, pool basketball, sure. uh, but I've also got the ladies' ball and the bent rim. Uh, no bent rim. No, that was a, that was a different. Oh. That was an old. That was an old plastic. I got a regular rim now. Okay. I, uh, I invested in the uh, the high grade. Uh, Got the fiberglass backboard, got the rim, uh, but you know, you for the pool ball, you use a little smaller ball. It's the real hidden secret. The women's ball, it's a nice ball to shoot. It's not really hidden. <laughs> I, I think it. I, I actually think it is. Uh, I don't think a lot of people realize. Uh, so, but the, yeah, yes, us, us shooting experts. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, the the issue with you know Cunningham and Green and going one and two. Uh, it wasn't the slam dunk a lot of people think. I know the betting market was at a you know insane level, guaranteeing Cade Cunningham was the number one pick. But from everything I'm reading around Detroit, it was up until two or three days before the draft that they were really deciding between these two players. So kind of interesting. I ended up building a chance last night for the Pistons to analyze them head to head and see what they were doing if they made the right choice. Uh, again, I, I don't think it wasn't as much. Of, it wasn't a big difference between them. I thought they were very similar last night. So coming out, I mentioned mask mandates and fully vax mandates for a lot of different events now in different areas around the country. We haven't seen too many sports come down with the rules yet. Uh, I thought this was interesting. I thought it was a little weird. Uh, headline in your paper: Nevada mask mandate affecting event booking at Allegiant Stadium. Mick Akers all over this one. Chris Wright, the GM of Allegiant Stadium, said that the mask mandate has a impacted event booking. He said uh, 2022 is looking pretty good. They've got like 150 events potentially on the docket, but did say coming up that there were uh, a couple of events that actually dropped because of the mask mandate? Really? I would like to know what they are because it says specifically in the story – uh, that he would not identify what the events are, so it's easy to say we had, we lost some events. So why why do you why do you doubt that? Because when I read it, I was like, why not mention the events? Yeah, that's why that's why I doubt it. What what's the agenda here then? Well, maybe you're trying to rebook them. You don't want to sell them out. I, I guess that's what you would say. Um, Just be careful as you rebook them for 2022. Well, I, I think it's more you're sending a message. To, you're 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 backing up. You know, people that don't want mask mandates. I guess is what you're so doing. You're all, you're protecting the artist or the event. Sure. I think okay. both, but or or also there. I mean, my first thought is that there's no such event. But if you're if you're going to say why are you protecting it, like those would be the reasons, I suppose, uh, to be able to do it. We had a couple of shows in October that were due to announce that we lost at the last second prior to their announcement. Two sellout nights that we've looked for alternate uh, alternate dates potentially rescheduled later in the year, but we're having a struggle doing that. And that was because of the Sisolak mask mandate. Right. All right, shots and I, fired. And I would really like to know. I, I would like to know why, because the other thing I was told is that, and you, I'm, I'm trying to remember where I, where I was told this. I, I obviously wouldn't reveal who it was anyway. Uh, but I was told part of the sound issues at Allegiant Stadium are that they weren't going to book concerts. What? That, that they, was never the plan to book that concerts. They were like, we'll probably have four or five a year. What? This major because there's so many venues around town. How many concerts can really sell out Allegiant Stadium? Probably four or five. Still. 
You got to get it right when you get them. Right, but I'm saying I think the, the whole thing was like well, <laughs> it was like this. It was like the, the the staple event for the grand opening of the whole thing. You knew there was going to be some kind of concert. Sure, but it, they were like, well, we're going to have four or five concerts a year. Maybe wow. sound isn't the most important thing. Yeah. Um, and so now it's like we well, were going to have all these events. What happened? Well, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, interesting. Hard knocks last night. All right, we held off for seven minutes talking about it. Yeah. I don't know what we were doing. Um. Listen, there's a lot to get out of it, but there's going to be a real anchor dragging this whole thing down. A real freaking anchor. We'll get to Mike McCarthy in a couple minutes, but uh, if you watch, it's the Cowboys. And right out of the gates, they're you know they're making the, the focus, and they should. What's the status of one Dak Prescott? Uh, that scar stuff and the surgery stuff, kind of gross. Yeah. Not a big scar guy unless it's on me, and I don't even think I look at my own scars. So I'll, I'll give a little, a little bit of background on this, like, I'm very weird, and actually, it, I don't know if it's – it might be a common thing because I know my brother has the same kind of affliction where it's not – I guess it's not an affliction. Like you – when you have something you're really looking forward to watching on TV, mm-hmm. like you want to have your dinner right at that time. Yeah, this was not – there were multiple times throughout this where I was like, yeah, I'm not real hungry right now. Yeah, so like – but so my whole thing is like, all right, dinner – have dinner ready, sit down, start to eat dinner – Play. See, I would think you do the opposite. Don't you anticipate what could be an ugly beginning to Hard Knocks? No, I didn't know. Okay, the sorry if we're spoiling it, but it happened last year, and if you didn't see it, but rewatching Dak Prescott's ankle turn sideways, so gross. and then as he bangs it on the ground, trying to pop it into place himself, I'm like, oh! And the great thing was, I'm watching with the SO, and they show it once, and I was like, ooh! And then she looks up, they show the replay, and she's like, like, because she was she's not paying attention, she's on the phone, but she looked up right then and you see the the snapped ankle sideways. That's Horrific. not dinner material. I was trying to enjoy a nice chicken cordon bleu. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Start gagging. I was like, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is yeah. not yeah. That's an ugly injury. Yeah. So I was I was trying to tie my dinner to hard knocks and it didn't work out well because that was my first couple of bikes. They mentioned the GPS. Yeah. Uh, they were tracking what, Dak Prescott? They track everyone. Okay, so what's the deal? So apparently what they said last night, what they were saying, they didn't say it outright specifically, but they were having a conversation in the coach's room, and they were looking at Dak's GPS data yeah. from the day before, and they were like, who's in charge? Why is he running so much? Like, what is he doing? Wow, that's how so, high tech it is now that you now you can track everyone in practice and see if we're overdoing yeah, it. Yeah, and we, we've heard or about may, this. Or maybe not doing enough. Well, we to tie it in, we heard about it with the Raiders today, but uh, we also, uh, a couple weeks ago, we heard – from Josh Jacobs, who is all over it, and he was talking about like the the competition every day after practice. They all run to the technology room oh, no to see who was running the fastest that day oh, wow. and who ran the furthest for the fastest. And uh, he said he had said that day. He goes, you know what? I came in here to talk to you guys. I haven't looked yet. He's like, but I think today was the fastest I've run. I got to go see if if that's true. So they know how far you run, how much you're active, how much you're standing around. Uh, how fast you run on every play, how fast you run between plays and between drills. They know everything about you. They track everything about every player during every practice. And, yeah, Dak, Dak Prescott apparently had been doing too much. And they're like, all right, shut him down for tomorrow. Slow him down. No drills. We'll have a lot more on Hard Knocks throughout the show. Sure. We love Hard Knocks. Although, like I said, Mike McCarthy, yikes. Oof. Yikes. What a bore. Uh, Raiders today, full practice until what happened? Uh, no practice. <laughs> Very weird. So you didn't go over to the facility? 
I went. Nice day off. I was there. Uh, way to set it up. I saw you there <laughs> this, this morning. <laughs> you were there. I was there. Maybe I was the jinx. Uh, but yeah, tell everyone. That was happened. after you left. That was the big talk, by the way. Okay, I started that. All right. Uh, so yeah, you we go we go out there. Uh, usually about seven twenty, seven twenty three time. Uh, it's pretty regimented. Uh, somebody will come into the media room, say, "All right, everybody got their trackers on. Let's go out to the field." Usually going to the indoor facility to watch stretches. Uh, then the then the outdoor practice field for individual work, and then we stay out there the rest of practice. And watch the rest of practice, but we can't take pictures of it. But today, around 7.32, this is as, as we were just referencing your first day out there. So at 7.32, when I said to you, I was like, this is weird. A little delayed, right? I was like, this is as late as it's ever been. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. And about 10 minutes later, they come in like, all right, we're going straight to the field. No, no indoor today. Like, okay. So we go out to the field. And I think I said to you, like, wow, I've never seen such little hustle at the beginning of practice before. I heard you guys saying that. Everyone, all the players <laughs> kind of walked out. They went to an area on the, the left side of where we could see, and maybe it looked like there was they were talking to someone over there. But generally, they walk out all fired up yeah. or run out all fired up. Yeah. Go practice. And then I noticed the ultimate sign. Derek Carr was wearing slides. No cleats. Like, Okay, this well, is why weird. you're a good reporter. I didn't see that. And so, you know, we, they went over. They started talking to the people. There were some people assembled to watch practice, a lot of youth football players and people from the community. And then we were told, sorry, guys, no practice today. Uh, they're taking the day off. And we went back into the media room. We still got to talk to guys, but no practice session today. Started a lot of speculation, of course. I, as I said, told everybody, like, well, Cofield's a jinx. First time, first time out there. And they don't practice. I don't think it was me. On the way back, we'll find out from Adam and some of the players who spoke what the reason was. There was a lot of speculation, and the conspiracy theorists came out. You know, why was there no practice? Why was it canceled at the last minute at the Raiders facility? What's wrong? Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Again, it wasn't a day off, you know. We were still working just in the weight room with AJ and, to, you know, with the trainers, with Cortez and stuff. It's been highly competitive camp, probably the most competitive camp uh, I've been a part of. When you watch the film and you just see the effort, you see some of the big guys, you know, they, they're a little tired. You know, you see some things that you don't want injuries to happen. You know, you see some of the fast guys that maybe have this little tweak or this little thing. And, you know, that's his job to take care of the team. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from the Finley Toyota Studio. Hey, Derek Carr saying uh, nothing to see here. And you know what? It wasn't a day off because we worked with the weights. And, hey, the coach's job is to make sure that you know, people aren't getting hurt. He's saying, you know, you watch on film, maybe some of the bigger guys are getting a little tired and all the heat and some of the speedy guys and eh, could have, you know, done something here or there. He wouldn't really get into it. He's being very careful. So Raiders practice canceled today. It was very much at the last minute. Uh, social media immediately thought, hey, you know, COVID issues. But as it turned out, I know, uh, you know, behind the scenes and what you heard uh, you know, officially in front of the mic. It probably was just a day off. You believe that like 98%, 99%? At least 85 Okay. Um, it's your job, you know, the, the regulars down there. Which, by the way, uh, good for you guys that you're down there every day. That is kind of a screw job to you because you could have saved, you know, you guys could have gotten out there two hours oh, later. sure. 
you know. Sure. So, well, the, I mean, the, to the media, I'm saying to the to the regular media that covers every day. There's other stuff you could be doing. I I'm not. I think sometimes there's a failure to understand that. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about it, and I, I'll I'll say I didn't tweet about it. I know one person did. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, like, I know you didn't, and you didn't say anything to me. I'm just saying, you know, that uh, you know, I was down there today, and I I see what you guys do on a daily basis, so it should be appreciated. So. But whatever, you know, maybe it was a last-second decision. Yeah, it's and very it's nice possible. to surprise the players with a day off. Sure, and you know, if you take them at face value, as, as you're saying, like it's it was cool for them to have that. They still got to meet with the fans that came out, which is weird. Again, the they had some fans there, some invited guests, some youth football players, some people from the community uh, who were there to watch practice, and uh, they didn't ignore them. They went over and you know spoke to them and met them for a little bit, and that's why right away people this morning, as you said, were like COVID, 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 like. As I tweeted out right away, I said, well, none of them had masks on, and they all went to meet with people from the community. Like, I don't think it would be a, a mass COVID scare on the team. doesn't make sense. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a real good yeah. point. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. So, Raiders camp, check that. Practice canceled last minute today. Looks like nothing to see here. We'll get into some of the other details from today in just a couple minutes. We were talking about hard knocks earlier. And... The one thing that's going to drag this show down. It's it's Mike McCarthy. He's just, I, I mean, unless, I mean, the Cowboys, ha- I think the Cowboys actually have like executive producer final say on the thing. He is. Are they trying to screw over Mike McCarthy or is that like all you can get out of him? Because, man, he's a bore. And here's the thing. It's not, it doesn't, every football coach doesn't have to be freaking inspiring guy or, you know, Gruden or fire and brimstone dude or, you know, we've got no turds here, Dan Campbell. Um, every coach is not going to be exciting. Like Anthony Lynn, I thought was interesting. And the, you know, dichotomy between Lynn and boy genius last year was, you know, kind of worth a watch. McCarthy's just, he's just a lump. Man. And they, tr- they actually tried. They like tried to find places where oh, he was trying to be the, the mojo yeah. stuff with Austin oh. powers. I mean, the, mo- the last movie was 2002. Anytime I could find a way to get Austin Powers clips into my practice, I'm like, yeah, dude, don't. You're, you, find something new. Are you 90? He's, he's what six. are you doing? Again, it's a reality show. It's the first look. Um, I will say the other thing I noticed, and I, this is fat on fat crime, and it's really not that he's fat. It's more that he just kind of looks like a slob out there. Like, he doesn't look like the head coach. I don't know what that means, but like, there should be a presence with an NFL head coach, right? Like, I felt like with the boy genius, there's a presence. With Anthony Lynn, there's a presence. Mike McCarthy, you're like, like, who's the janitor walking around the field? I, I and think then, and then, like, like even, like, we'll get into the interplay between Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy. There was a conversation late, and McCarthy's just like, like, all slumped, you know. And he's a big guy. And he's, but I, think, I don't know what he, what he play line. I, uh, but, like, Jerry Jones walks up to him, says four things to him, and is just like, doesn't even say uh, thanks, just walks away. Like, I, I don't know, man. I I know, I know you're not a big appearance guy, but like no. we have to deal with reality. Appearance does matter no. in certain Andy Reid is like the best coach in the world. Right? He's got equity. <laughs> right, McCarthy's they, equity is so what? Has, Aaron Rodgers won him a title? So it has nothing to do with it. Freaking you're, shave up and put on some decent right, clothes. But it's a McCarthy thing. Not an appearance. Like he is a dolt. In a, in a well, the most boring person I've ever seen in my life has nothing to do with how he looks. It freaking broke out today on Undisputed. Uh, Shannon Sharp show that Skip Bayless is on and Jenny Taft, I guess is the lead on the show. And something, something triggered her because Bayless is like, he looks like a slob. 
Uh, I wouldn't want him as my head coach. I wouldn't want him representing my organization. And the lead on the show just freaking lost it. Is everyone who's a good coach as fit as you, Mm. Skip? I don't think that's a fair shot whatsoever. Uh, I wouldn't want. I said it was a personal preference. I wouldn't want him to be my head coach. That have not had the yeah. perfect ideal physique, including yeah. my college coach. Mm. So I don't think that's a fair mm. shot. Okay. And I'm allowed Next. to have an opinion, yep. Skip. I am allowed mm-hmm. to say whatever okay. I want okay. to say on this show, okay, as guys. you Come do on, too. We're mm-hmm. Mr. Zarr will join us, uh, and you will react no. to Westbrook's You're comment, and maybe I have no. more to say. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. First of all, Shannon Sharp was loving it. Anytime you're the third wheel. When two people are ready to rip their heads off, you just sit there and giggle, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an uncomfortable spot to be in. Oh, yeah. For sure. it, was, it wasn't uncomfortable. Shannon Sharp's like, let's go, baby. Wait, he was very fired up. You can either do that or just be quiet. Like, there's there's oh, only no. certain things you could do. No, no. But I, that sounded like almost an uncomfortable stirring oh. the pot to me. I don't think he was trying to. Uh, you got to watch it. He was very happy. He, oh, was, over, he was over the moon. Sure. Uh, but I, I, why, what didn't, do you why didn't there? she just do the same thing I did? What? Andy Reid, Skip. Not a good coach. Yeah. Why do you think it set her off so much? Well, because she respects her college coach who didn't Does, have a great physique. Does she? Sounds like it. She called out her college coach. For being a great coach. she going to apologize? No. What? For saying her college coach is a great coach? For saying her college coach was a slob. No. Didn't have a great physique, she said. Okay. Didn't have a great physique. Yeah. Jesus. But a great coach. Or Liz Robertshaw. You looked it up? I think I'm the only one who did. I thought that was the most intriguing thing is that she slammed. First of all, I wanted to know what she played in college. She went to Boston University. I was guessing field hockey. Lacrosse. Uh, okay. Same. Close. And yeah, Liz Robertshaw was a little bit bulky. You know, she'd be part of Cofield and Company, no doubt. Do you have the but picture I was like, called up? Uh, I mean, we can send it out. Ari, look up Liz Robertshaw. Uh, I'm, I, I did a search for it on Twitter. I was the only one who pulled that because I was like, wow, she... Really gave the business to her college coach, who's now, she's not at Boston anymore. Not that I looked this up, but she's actually, like, the head of U.S. women's lacrosse. And she was a bigger lady. Okay. No, there's no problem. But, you know, pretty pretty good winning coach. Um, but actually, I, what, did you, what did you think of the whole explosion where she's like, I'm going to talk. I get to speak on the show just like you. I'm, you- not, sure, I'm not sure you do. <laughs> right. It's a skip show. I mean, you laugh like I'm not sure you do actually. Well, when he, I mean, when he's so wrong, she should be challenging him and calling him. Out actually, I don't think he's wrong. Andy Reid, right? Andy Reid wins, right? But that's not that's what he's saying. He's like, I don't want him as my coach. I don't I th- care. I think when you have no equity or very little equity, and I I think McCarthy lost a lot of his. I'll use the word again, equity over the last couple of years with the Packers. I think most people assume that was an Aaron Rodgers deal. And Aaron Rodgers production with Mike sure. McCarthy along for the ride. And then, you know, you, you kind of, you saw the way he acted down the stretch and then some of the stuff about embracing analytics. Um, and then last year he couldn't hold it together. Yeah. Dak Prescott was out, but it was, the team was terrible. The nooch. So listen, I, you know, it sucks to hear that, Hey, appearance does matter sometimes when you're the CEO of an organization, but it does. And Andy Reid is the outlier. He just is. I mean, I guess I just, I, I think it's, like case closed. I don't <laughs> like Skip is saying you can't you can't look he's that way he, and be a great he coach. He wouldn't he wouldn't want him running his organization. Uh, uh, then that's a bad decision on his part. You like the guy's like the best coach in the world. He didn't say Andy Reid. He said Mike McCarthy. No, but he's saying somebody look like that. Yeah. So you're going to miss out on potentially the best candidate. I'm trying to think of are there some real lard asses who were great college football coaches? I'm sure. 
Mangino had a good, well, had a good run. He's gone. He had a good run. But he's gone. Bro, he hasn't he, coached in 15 years. By far their most success. And he, be, he may be a victim of this. Is this fat shaming? Does Skip need to apologize to well, us? I think it's just... I mean, I think I'm going to flip it around now. Now I'm just going to sure. completely. I think you're just missing it's outrageous. out. You just that means you're just missing out on some of the best candidates. Yeah, happens in TV all the time, right? Sure. Any of us could be a victim of that one. Sure. Justin Watkins, our legal insiders, on the way. Maybe we're going to sue. I think it's time to sue. <laughs> Maybe we got some fat shimming lawsuits on the way. Coming up next, ESPN Las Vegas legal analyst Justin Watkins joins Cofield and Company in studio to break down the biggest legal stories in the world of sports. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. All right, question of the day is uh, Jenny Taft fighting the fight on Fox Sports this morning. Would you want a fat ass to coach your NFL team? Would you want to play for him? Uh, Tommy chimed in because Skip Bayless was saying McCarthy's just a mess. I, uh, a slob. A slob. Um, Tommy chimed in and said, what about Belichick? Complete slob. Um, if John Von Tobel were here, he would punch you in the face. John Von Tobel loves Belichick's chest. Remember how crazy he went over? Sure. He's like, oh, he's got the big chest. Well, Belichick, I- Belichick's mushy, but he's kind of like a square build. Keep in mind. No, but the, I think the, the tweet Bel- is talking Bel- about his, his attire. Like 65 years Oh, well, that, yeah. Yeah, the tweet's talking about his attire. Again, I mean, I guess, I guess that, that does defend the point that Andy Reid, when he gets dressed up, it's basically a Hawaiian shirt. Sure. And then the rest of the time, he's gasping for life. And Belichick dresses like a homeless man. And Belichick does cut off the sleeves. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, but nobody's saying you can't. It, if you're the owner, you get your preference. If it's important to you to have a coach who represents you and you think being a slob, and yeah. I don't think slob equals fat. No. I don't think those two no. equal each other. Right. Then you have that choice. Go for it. Yeah, Mike, Mike Nolan wore a suit on the sideline. He yeah. was gone in the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's who you want. Hey, I, that's why I want my coaches dressing. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Enjoy it. You look great. Have fun. He? Yeah, he it was wonderful. Great. All right, let's get into some legal stories with Justin Watkins, our ESPN Las Vegas legal insider. Um, I mean, what, what is the NCAA doing at this point? Just, just stop doing these investigations. And I guess within the rules, I, I, I guess they can't slam Baylor. Uh, essentially, this is from Brett McMurphy. Uh, on the Baylor uh, investigation with all the sexual assault and rape allegations. He says NCAA could not conclude Baylor Baylor violated NCAA rules when it failed to report allegations of an address sexual and interpersonal violence committed on its campus. School gets four years probation and a $5,000 fine. I think it's an absolute joke. I don't buy the cop out. Uh, I think the NCAA totally went over the top and and went through – a crazy amount of mental gymnastics to justify not punishing Baylor here to say that it didn't provide for that. The loss of institutional control did not provide a competitive advantage. I think that's a joke. Why don't you report things that your athletes are doing (laughs) because you don't want them suspended because you want the competitive advantage of having everybody on the field, all your best athletes on the field. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to link a B and C in, in that situation. But what they said is because the cover-up went so high up in the in the university that it wasn't an athletics thing. It was a university thing as a whole, and we think this is actually an issue of Title IX enforcement, not an issue of competitive advantage. That's what their findings were, and it's an absolute disgusting joke. It's a joke because all that tells me is that the university as a whole cared more about athletics than anything else, not that 
they cared more about men and not enforcing Title IX than anything else. They wanted to win at all costs, and that belief worked its way beyond the athletic department through the highest levels of the university. That's the result. And the the fact that there is no punishment associated with that is just gross. And, and then Art Briles' attorney comes out and says, vindication <sighs> just makes me sick. It makes me sick to my stomach. What a joke. Mm-hmm. The... I think there's a there's a lot of perhaps you know branches off from this. Uh, first of all, do you think do you think just in your opinion the NCAA is just looking around saying like we better protect some of these schools that are trying to break away from us? We better not do this because Baylor is going to be one of the schools that's a big school that might be trying to break away from the NCAA. I don't know. I haven't thought about like the the potential political. <laughs> pressures that sure. the NCAA is facing in regards to this, and I would hope that whatever the committee was that reviewed this was shielded from the NCAA and their discussions and their worries and all of that. But, but it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they weren't, if they were actually absolutely directed to, to come up with a finding a way. That's yeah. what this looks like. That when I read this, it looks like somebody said, I need you to find a way to not punish these guys. And right. I said, okay, and, cool. It's a title nine issue. So like I'm picturing like during a trial, if one side made an argument and said, Hey, that's beyond the scope of the trial, you know, th- that kind of a claim, right? That's beyond the scope of what we're looking at. And the other side would say, no, it's not. It's part of this because of this reason. In an investigation, is there supposed to be a voice like that where the committee is like, you know what? Not really what we're tasked with here in this, in this realm. And then somebody to step up and say, hold on, maybe we should, because not punishing players is a competitive advantage issue. So we could get into that. Like, is there supposed to be a voice like that in, a, in an investigation? Yeah, I think that's right. I think at the at the beginning, you got to outline the scope of the investigation, and then if in the investigation things come arise come come out that maybe change the path of the investigation, and you're seeing things that are different than what the original allegations were, you have a discussion as to whether or not that is within the scope of what you were charged to do. Uh, but here. They were tasked with, did they break any rules by not reporting up the the um, the violence, uh, the accusations, as they heard them from, from the students? And they made the choice that, no, they didn't report it. And the NCAA said, reporting violence against women is not a NCAA issue. It's a Title IX issue. When in reality, I think that's just so blind to take separate that out, to bifurcate that from the reason why they did it, the motive associated for why they didn't report it up is absolutely NCAA-related and competitive advantage-related. Justin Watkins is with us. Well, I would hope the ultimate penalty would be conferences as we potentially get realignment here, looking at Baylor and going, if they feel like they're vindicated, this is a really dangerous institution to bring into our conference. Well, and, and I'll just say based, based on their history and now now they feel like they did nothing wrong. No, thank you. Not, yeah. We don't want that to be part of our culture in this conference. I agree with you. I, I would say, too, uh, in, as far as the NCAA's scope of investigation, that that limitation that we're talking about certainly didn't limit them in the Penn State situation. Hmm. Right. They jumped into Penn State and said you had a duty to report and your failure to report provided you a competitive advantage and therefore we as the NCAA have the right to sanction you. Uh, and they did. And they, you know, real close to the, you know, death penalty against Penn state for, for things that are absolutely atrocious, but it happened 30 or more years ago from somebody who wasn't even part of the program anymore. 
as compared to people who as compared to issues that happened within the last five to ten years and yes they got rid of all of those people but they were absolutely making decisions that were associated with the university at the time the investigation began yep. from the top down president to ad to coach really interesting case developing here with zeke elliott and an issue with his dogs his dogs got into the neighbor's yard attacked a lady last may we've now got video of the incident you don't actually see her getting attacked you just hear her screaming for help uh and then there's also the interesting fact that the dogs got into her yard because her landscaper left the gate open uh we've talked about you know dog issues and pet owners how responsible are pet owners for what their dogs do to their neighbor this is an interesting case this is, should be a law school question really this this one's nuts so every state's different some states have what's called strict liability for for injuries that your pet causes. If your pet goes out and hurts somebody, it doesn't matter. You're you're responsible for your, what your pet did. In this instance, I think you have your facts a little bit backwards. It was Zeke Elliott's landscaper who left the gate open and that's how his dogs got out. Mm. So his defense would have been, hey, I didn't let the dogs out. That was the landscaper. I'm not responsible. In a strict liability state, don't care. We don't even address the issue of whether or not you were properly handling your dogs or not you're responsible for what they do to somebody. Okay. Texas is not a strict liability state. It's what's called a one bite state like Nevada, which is unless you're on notice of the aggressive propensities of your dog, you're, you're not responsible for their actions. But in the minds of the law, once you know that they've bitten somebody one, you know, once then now you are on notice that they have these violent propensities. So you get kind of one bite, <laughs> um, it's, it's not, it's not actually what the rule says, but it's just known as the one bite rule because everybody says I hadn't, they'd never bit anybody. This is the first time, but here's what tr is tricky about this one. Okay. So first the dogs get out, some dude encounters them in the neighborhood. They bite him. Right. But he, as far as we know, he doesn't tell Zeke. He doesn't know where these dogs are, who, who's the owner. He just knows that he got bit. Then this lady who we have the yeah, camera now, on, now that I'm reading it correctly, sees these dogs in the yeah. neighborhood and is like, oh, my gosh, they need to find a home. She grabs them and puts them in her backyard yeah. and then they attack her in her own backyard. They get out and bite a third lady. So there's oh, wow. three bites, but none of which provide notice to Zeke that his dogs have bitten anybody. He doesn't even know they're out of the house as far as we know, nor did he let them out of the house. So in these circumstances, I mean, I know he's been sued already. Unless they can prove that he was aware that these dogs had violent propensities or had attacked somebody else previously, I don't think he's going to have liability. Now, ultimately, they're going to settle. I can tell you that right now. I, I do love that. And as you said, law school question would be fantastic. How about this? The lady took possession of the dogs. Then she got bit, so she knew. Well, she knew before it got to the the, the before next before the third person. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. No, she has possession but, of the dogs but, and knows that they're they're violent. The third, the third woman, the third victim can, can sue go after the, the second, yeah the second lady. The no, second victim. yeah, depending on how oh, she let trying to be a good Samaritan. <laughs> I know. And now she's going. Oh, she took possession of the dogs yes. and she knows they have violent propensity because they bit her. Yeah. He's right. That's, that's an angle I didn't even see. But I, the only the only trick there would be how did the the dogs got out of her yard, right? 
if if she got bit and she's like, oh, forget these dogs, opens the gate and is like, get out. We don't know that part of the story. It's not reported. Or if during the attack, she was trying to bring them into her yard, the gates open, they attack her and run off. Well, then she hasn't really taken possession. She, you know, arguably there's nothing she could do to stop them from getting out. Are these rules different if it's on your property or in your home? For sure. If somebody walks onto your property and legally you've invited them on right. and then they your dog bites that person again if you knew strict liability state doesn't matter what you knew they bite you're responsible state of nevada state of texas if they've never been anybody before there's never been an issue nothing reported nobody's ever called anything and that dog bites your guest you're generally not going to be responsible for the mm. first first instance do we bifurcate <laughs> elliot and the landscaper like is a landscaper in trouble so so like you, here's you how that two here's different a, people. Yeah, here's how that lawsuit would go. I sue Elliot and say, hey, your dogs got out, bit me. You're responsible. You knew they were dangerous. You should have kept them locked up. Elliot sues the landscaping business saying, you guys are the ones who let my dogs out. Oh, and boy. to the extent that I'm responsible to, to them, you're responsible to me. Called an indemnity action. This one's rough, but uh, does a judge decide that the dogs need to be put down? They're too dangerous. And... Do you put down two bulldogs versus a Rottweiler or bulldogs biting people? Well, the the, the oh, allegation oh. is the bulldog did attack the first oh, really? guy. The guy. They were moving pretty good for bulldogs. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. young bulldogs. Yeah, they're not the slow. No, no, no. Though the I mean, pit bull they, they... was moving. Oh, there's a pit bull too? Yeah. Oh, there's a bulldog. Or a Rottweiler. No, no, the Rottweiler is a freaking monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you watch that on video. That I, I, None of us could fight that thing off. <laughs> yeah. That was so, a freaking beast. I, the, a, a judge in a civil case would not have the authority to order an animal to be put down okay good to know tough topic i know we have a lot of dog lovers out (laughs) there but you can't be having your dogs biting people around the neighborhood Uh, on the way back let's find out what the winnipeg jets have suggested here for entry to their games for the upcoming season uh those of you who are unvaccinated are not going to be pleased call battleborn injury lawyers 702-570-9000 with your questions today to the anti-vaxxers, we've been telling you this. This is an opinion piece out of Market Watch. It's not a proposed law or a policy. It is just what's being discussed in the market now. Don't want the COVID-19 vaccine? Then pay the full cost if you land in the hospital. This is a preventable disease or a mitigated risk if you get the vaccine. But if you're still refusing to get the vaccine, even though you medically can get it, and then you get COVID, insurance companies may not cover you. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. Nothing I love more than social media attorneys and legal experts. That was from TikTok. Should give the person credit. You see, uh, it's at uh, j.decon on TikTok. That doesn't sound right to me or legal to me. Yeah, could insurance companies change everything up coming up and go? Hey, you're not vaccinated. Uh, you know, you had a chance to be vaccinated. Now you're paying the full freight. We're not covering anything. Yeah, I think it's very unlikely for two reasons. Number one, I don't think that the insurance contract that you're going to have uh, with your medical insurance provider will contemplate that. There's, I mean, if you don't get your flu shot and you get the flu, they pay for it. You know, um, I haven't heard any precedent of if you don't get measles or bumps or any other vaccine. Um, and then you get the disease or the virus or anything associated with it that they can cut off coverage. I understand what the claim is that you're trying to apply pressure, um, but I would 
be surprised if the insurance contract was written in a way to allow them to do that. And then secondarily, um, I would be also uh, surprised if there wasn't a federal statute that the claimants can rely on to say that you must cover in these emergency situations as my insurance provider under the Obamacare set of statutes. I, I don't know it for a fact because I haven't dug into that, um, but I'm sure there is something there. Five seven zero nine thousand is the number. Justin Watkins is with us, Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Adam, you got a follow-up? No, it's good. All right. Uh, this person was pointing to smokers as an example. Like yeah. How are smokers treated? How is lung cancer treated amongst you know someone who has a, a history as a smoker versus someone who's never smoked? Well, I mean, if they can they can charge higher premiums associated. Well, not anymore, but in the old days, right? Like that was the questionnaire, right? If you're a smoker, if you're a drinker, and the frequency, uh, they your premiums would be different. In uh, under Obamacare, I believe that that question is still okay. It is. Hmm. I'm not 100 sure about that. Now that I think about it, um, you're you're allowed to ask for the the sex and the age of the person and whether or not they're a smoker or not. I'm not sure. I don't think you can actually. I don't think you can. So you got to cover it no matter what. It's not part of the analysis. So on the uh, the Vax card growth and there's, there's a lot more uh, venues and now cities are jumping on board requiring Vax card for entry to uh, indoor activities. I saw the Eagles said uh, at their stadium that when you're indoor, you know, inside areas at their stadium, uh, if you're unvaccinated, you have to wear a mask. I don't know if everyone has to be masked up. Is that vaccinated too? I know they're saying no mask outside, but they suggested. So there's kind of, you know, some, some mixed stuff there. Uh, you tell me if this is clear. Out of Winnipeg, the, the Winnipeg Jets and the NHL just sent this out. True North Sports Entertainment would like to confirm that our entertainment venues will be selling to full capacity. Okay, that's good. And that we will require all employees, event staff, and guests to provide proof of full vaccination. The majority of our season ticket holders have shared with us that having a proof of COVID-19 vaccination policy for uh, Canada Life Center uh, is important to them. I mean, I think, that, I think that's a better... So what happens to the unvaccinated? I, I think it's a better policy than... They can't get in? ...than what's happening in Philadelphia. Right. If, if the if the rule is in Philadelphia that vaccinated people, unvaccinated people can go in, but they have to wear a mask, but unvaccinated people don't. That's impossible to enforce. You're going to really go up and down the aisles and be like, let me see your vax card. Oh, mask up. <laughs> you know, you don't got it. Uh, that That's it's ridiculous. The, the absolute consequence of that is, is you're going to have unvaccinated people without masks. And let me give you the update on Philly. Yep. All stadium guests and staff will be required to wear a mask when visiting indoor spaces at uh, their field. Fans are not required to wear a mask outdoors. Individuals who are not fully vaccinated are strongly encouraged to wear a mask at all times unless actively eating or drinking. I mean, if if your goal is if, if I'm an owner of a sports franchise and my goal is to ensure the safety of all people there, I'm requiring it. I, I'm going I'm going the Winnipeg route. Because then people can come and watch and participate safely. They can eat. They can drink. I can go back to normal in that scenario. If I'm trying to, if I'm trying to walk the balance being between the the debate between vaccinated and unvaccinated, necessarily, absolutely, it's going to result in in a spread of COVID nineteen at my event. There's no way around it. I I, ju I just don't see it. Even if you require masks of everybody. You, you can't then you if you're going to serve food or drink then everybody's masks is down it doesn't make a difference right so i either get rid of food or drink get rid of masks 
or require vaccine, right? Like the, the only solution that I can provide a safe environment for everybody around me is to require vaccinations, everybody. That's what I would do. So, I mean, I still think there's a lot there. Like, I assume that you would have to, like, upload something with your season ticket purchase. But That's then what easy. about on, what I'm saying? It is, of course it is. What about when you sell it to somebody on the outside? Now do you have to walk in and show it as you walk into the venue? If it's like a secondhand ticket? Like, those are the things I'm wondering about and how logistically that works out. Uh, but my question to you would be, if they did this at Allegiant, again, they're not. We haven't heard this. We don't know anything about it. If they did it at Allegiant and I have a PSL... And you're like, you can't come to the games now. How would that work? Well, I mean, it depends ultimately on what the PSL agreement says. I've never read it. I've never yeah. seen it. I don't have PSLs, but uh, I'm sure they have the right to refuse service <laughs> under a, a pretty broad range sure. of scenarios. Not following the rules of the stadium would probably be one of them. And yeah. sure, would it would it result in a lawsuit? It probably would. It, yeah. You're right. There's going to be somebody that this is their hill to die on. And I don't, I don't know. Would it, would they ultimately win that? To be honest with you, I don't know, uh, because it's so heavily dependent on what the PSL agreement says, not what the law is. Right? They absolutely have a right under the law to exclude people from buying tickets and attending the games who are unvaccinated. They absolutely have that right. But these tickets have already been sold. These agreements have already been made. And if the agreement didn't contemplate this situation, how do we resolve that? I don't know. Um, as far as the logistics of it all, you know, just going by how it is to get into T-Mobile, uh, you know, as an example, I think it'd be really easy. Everything's digital there anyway. I would just make a rule. You can't hold tickets for other people. Everybody's got to have their own account. It's got to be linked to them. It's got to upload the Vax card. That's pretty easy to implement. Um, I mean, right now, Allegiant Stadium's having a hard enough time getting people <laughs> into the door. So I don't feel great about their position to actually enforce any sort of restrictions like this at the moment. It's been, they're kind of, from my perspective, over two. <laughs> it, we'll see. Maybe, uh, hopefully, I mean, the things can't get worse. They'll get better. But, the, but you know, if, if their digital platform can get up to speed and, and their people can get trained up, maybe uh, they'll be ready for something like that too. Real quick, if I, if I went to the game and I assume the person next to me is vaxxed, if they used a fake card, and scam their way in, could I sue them for putting me at danger? Yeah, I think you can. Nice. That's all I want. Adam, super litigious. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it does help that. the legal spot, though. Of course. Yeah, I mean, hey, the bottom line is you go in unvaccinated, you created a fake card in the purpose of getting in there, and I can prove that you spread the vaccine or the, the virus to me, and, and I die, or somebody near me dies who got it from me. Can I sue? I think you can. Yes. 570-9000 is the number. It's Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Justin Watkins, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Legal podcast at 9 o'clock up at Steve Cofield and up on uh, YouTube. Again, Thursday night's full legal podcast. Even more stories at 9 o'clock. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today.